Keith Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome. How you doing? So this will be fun. Uh, we're uh, welcoming into the studio Craig, the Obamacare gangsta. No, I guess you're. Uh, That's right. Be... No, you got it right that time. Craig finally, the, after all these years, the healthcare guru Craig Gottwals, <laughs> uh, right. who is a uh, benefits expert and an attorney and, and deals with insurance and all that stuff all the time, and has to keep up on exactly what's happening, not the political spin, but the reality of it for his uh, many impressive clients. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm terrific, thanks, except for my rash. Anyway, yeah, you were going to you were gonna show us that rash no, here in the studio? No, I'm not going to show us the rash. Uh, I'm no, leaving the studio then. <laughs> I we would gonna... if I were you as well. It's unpleasant. <laughs> I think we were even going to broadcast it. Can I run it? the show? Broadcast would that be it? all right if back I run the show? Back to Sean's cat I'm with the baby going monitor. To run <laughs> is a sick enough. <laughs> you know, when uh, Dr. Oz tried to take over the show, he was banned <laughs> for life. Oh, man. They got him not a doctor. Obamacare gangsta. Yeah. All right, so listen. Let me show you my gat. Here's what I would like to do. Uh, Next segment, uh, Craig and I have been corresponding about how simple and bipartisan it would be to actually fix Obamacare in a way that most Americans would really like. Um, It's not, I mean, it's not to say it would be simple, but it would be a great deal simpler than than most politicians would have you believe. Um, We'll do that next segment, and it's, trust me, it's interesting. But first, what I thought, I'd like to do, since you and I and Jack and you have interacted for many years, just asking you for advice on, you know, my wife is sick and the insurance company is telling me this, and and you always have great advice, and it's stuff we don't know, and you would think consumers should know that stuff. Yeah. That I thought we could just talk about, you know, advice you have and, and tips and life hacks. For getting the most out of benefits. Yeah, well, you know, the, the simplest one, the one that I'm a biggest fan of for the individual, for the consumer, again, so this is the kind of thing I would say when I'm speaking to a company of employees and I'm talking to the actual employees who are enrolling in the health plan. Mm-hmm. Many employers, it's somewhere around half of employers now at least, offer a, an option on their insurance plan called a health savings account, an HSA. And what that is in its most simplest terms is a high deductible health insurance plan And then it allows you to set aside dollars in the account, the HSA, the savings account, Mm -hmm. underneath your deductible. You can actually set aside something in the neighborhood of $3,000 per single person or $6,000 per family. And the idea, this was passed. Is that pre-tax dollars or or taxed dollars? That is pre-tax dollars. That's the That's That's a big thing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this was passed in the, right around 2004, 2005. And they've grown every year since to the point where I know you guys have that option at your insurance here, mm-hmm. for example. We, I have it at my work. Um, most of my, Half of my clients at least have that option. And the idea being, again, stuff we've talked about over the years, let's help, insume, let's help consumers become better consumers of their health care. Right. Let's help them spend some of their own money and think about the realities of it. What I tell employees is if you have that option – and you are somebody who's living other than paycheck to paycheck, if you're somebody who can afford, gee, I've got a $1,500 bill this week, mm-hmm. you should max out that account. So whatever it is, if you're a single, you should put in $3,000. If, if you're a family, you should put in 6000 And then I tell people, look, as long as, again, you're not living paycheck to paycheck, don't ever spend that money. Because the idea in the account is you put these pre-tax dollars into this account, you can then invest it into anything you want, just like a 401k, so it can go into mutual funds and whatnot, and it starts to grow. Mm-hmm. It's your account. You take it with you when you leave the employer for whatever reason. If you're fired, you quit, whatever. Or if I just stop working, it's still my money, and it stays in that account. That's exactly okay. right. It's your money, and it rolls over year to year. There's no cap on it. 
It grows with the market, however you've got it invested. Some people are really conservative. They just put it in a savings account that's only generating three-quarters of a percent per year. Mm -hmm. Other people have it invested in mutual funds, and they're reaping the rewards of a booming market. Let that money grow and don't touch it. And I always tell people, and they look at me kind of like, why would I not touch it? And I say, well, because right now you're employed, you're young, and you're healthy, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. I've seen the numbers. When you retire, when you go from 65 to 95 or however long you're going to live, your health care costs go up exponentially at a rate you really can't even imagine. Yeah. Here's the statistic people don't think about, and this is an important one. Between the age of 65 and when you are going to pass away, which is roughly 80 for women, uh, 78 for men under current lifespans, okay? Mm -hmm. A couple in the United States, a couple, so husband and wife, in addition to Medicare, and that's assuming Medicare and Social Security survive, right? Might be two husbands. Right. Got a point there. Two, it might two be two husbands. wives. It might why, be two wives. Why are you right? homophobe? Uh, yeah, you know what? You got to work on your rhetoric. I need to go stand in the corner right now. Bad yeah. guru. Bad guru. I don't think the uh, the mic reaches that far. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, a couple oh. will spend how much? Quarter of a million dollars. In addition to Medicare and Social Security, you need a quarter Whoa. of a million dollars. So that government program you're counting on is going to leave you a quarter of a million short. That's exactly as right. As a couple. So that's why I put that money away and let it grow and don't touch it. That's right. You're going to need it. You're absolutely going to need it. And, and the, the, the statistics on what happens when you put that money away and don't touch it are amazing. You know, the compounding effect of money. I did this years ago when I was on an HSA. I'm actually currently not on an HSA because of life circumstances, but I was only on it for something like seven, eight years, Mm -hmm. and I maxed it out every year that I could, and then I forgot about it. I've got something like 60 grand sitting in there that I just forget about. I I view it as a retirement health 401k. Right, which is a good way to look at it. And I would say even if you're living paycheck to paycheck, this still could apply to you. Yeah. um, Because if you cannot take the $20... That's right. For a drug, for instance, out or whatever, and just whatever you can leave in there, leave in there because it's a pre-tax health savings account that you'll need, you know, pretty seriously well, when you're older. Yeah, it's lowering your tax base and it's it's accumulating, and you want yeah exactly. If you if you're not if if you're just tight on money, I mean, put as much as you can in and leave as much as you can. In. The other advantage of that, by the way, is there are complicated rules for what you can and cannot spend this money on, like. You know, can you spend it on this? Can you spend it on that? And people are always new to the game saying, hey, can I buy Band-Aids with it? Can I buy aspirin with it? How does it work? Well, one easy answer for those people is don't worry about it. You're not going to spend it until you're retired. Ah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, way, okay. that way we don't have to take the yeah. time going right. through that. In the, in the time we have, is there another one in particular you like that just a, a life hack, an insurance hack, a little advice for people? As a guy in the industry? Uh, as somebody who just wants to do what's good for the industry and good for employers around the world, <laughs> go to the urgent care center instead of the emergency room whenever you possibly can. Too many people uh, have 50 or $100 copays for an emergency room, and on a, on a Saturday when it might be inconvenient and they've got something that's not a true emergency, they go to the emergency room instead of the urgent care clinic that is associated with their plan. Every plan has one. Right. You're talking about behind the scenes, something that might be a $200 bill versus a... Uh, $5,000 bill for treating strep throat, for example. Wow. See, and you know what's funny is they were like underground for a while. I, you know, I'm a fairly aware guy. I, you know, yeah. I, I read, I watch, I wasn't, um, but I was only aware of their existence and didn't know what they were until a couple of years ago when I think my wife had something go wrong and she said we should go to the urgent care. Yeah. I was like, there, what's that now? What happens with that? And I go to the same building. I go for all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. It's open on weekends. It's right. in suite 100. 
some the, the problem is again one of the problems is some some medical systems are much better than others at directing you to do that. Yeah. The biggest problem is uh, the way our insurance works. Uh, if I do, I want to get reimbursed five thousand dollars for treating Joe Getty's strep throat on a Saturday, or do I want to get reimbursed two hundred and fifty dollars to treat Joe Getty's? In other words, the incentive is not always there properly for your medical group to show you and push you toward that urgent care. Oh, but the they incentive is there. Want you yeah. to go, the, the money guys want you to go to the ER. Some of them. It just Perhaps. depends on whether it's an HMO or a PPO. It gets a little complicated, yeah. but the general idea is for about half of the systems, they don't really care. They actually want you to spend more money. When was the last time you were in the ER? Uh, with with I mean, you, the, my friend. Not, not for it, no. It was with you. The shoulder, the oh, mountain biking accident, like oh, five or six years ago. God, the ERs are miserable. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll, 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 one more. Well, I guess it, I should. It's a local tip. I'll give you a tip too. If you live in a in a big city area, find the best hospital or emergency room that's in suburbia, just outside your city limits. And if you have the time, go there. If, Why is if, that? Well, you get better care. Studies have shown you get. You get doctors will spend more time with you, nurses will spend more time with you, and you will get uh, a shorter wait time. So, wow. yeah, oh, and, that's and, a great hack. And wherever, whatever big city you're in, if, if your emergency is like something that can wait 20 or 30 minutes, get to a suburb, an in-network hospital, an emergency room. Um, it's a big, big difference. I know. Oh, but we're, now you're we're, like yeah. the Waze app or Apple Maps. Now everybody's going to go to White Bread Heights. <laughs> hey, that's and a good idea for an app. The ER. That's what we need is an app. Oh, it's finally our $10 million idea. Yeah. All right, listen, believe it or not, we already have to take a quick break, but we're going to come back. And Craig and I have chatted about this. And fixing American health care, is, it's not easy, but it's not really a nightmare. Stay tuned for a little uh, prescription for our nation's health care woes. Next, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, uh, the Armstrong and Getty Show, we're talking to uh, Craig, the healthcare guru. If you need help with healthcare and benefits and that sort of thing, you can go to his website, uh, benefit-revolution.com. That's benefit-revolution.com, or we'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com. Sean, I understand we have a couple of questions from the text line, which is 415-295-KFTC. Yeah, here's one. Uh, If you have an HSA, a health savings account, do you have co-pays, or do you have to pay all of your health expenses out of that account? So the mis- you do not have to pay all of your health expenses out of that account. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying go ahead and spend your cash. Go ahead and put money in that account, forget you have it, and then spend after-tax dollars out of your wallet to pay for those expenses. But what I think the texture is getting at is when you have a health savings account plan, you have to have a high deductible. So the example might be you have a $3,000 deductible health plan. You're putting $3,000 into that account. And you do not have insurance for that $3,000. So there are no co-pays until you've actually spent more than $3,000. But the $3,000 does not have to come out of your wonderful pre-tax account. Right. Yeah, just just pay with cash if you can. 
Yes, um, and that's why it's not <clears throat> the, the very best plan for somebody who is, let's say, let's say I'm fairly young, I don't make a lot of money, and I have a lot of ongoing health conditions, and I know I'm going to hit 3K every year. Well, then this is, you're not going to be able to save money then in that if program. If money's tight, you got a handful of kids, whatever, same thing. Exactly. So, any other questions, Sean? Or, uh... Uh, one asking, how does it work for independent contractors? But I don't know no, if that's, that's actually yeah, the weeds yeah. a it works. Bit, yeah. It works. You just go buy an individual plan through something like Covered California. You can do the same thing. Pre-tax or whatever state you're in as we're on. Yeah, like or whatever exchange you're in. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you said it's not nearly as complicated to fix Obamacare as a lot of people uh, say it is, at least in our uh, in D.C., for instance. Uh, what are you talking about? What's the, what, well, yeah, I, I get, I just, like anybody in an industry, like you guys, when you hear people speaking about radio, it probably makes you want to scream and pull your hair out, right? right. Yeah. But I get the same way with healthcare. Um, so what is Obamacare? At this point, Obamacare is a huge Frankenstein changed animal from what it started off as when it was passed uh, nine years ago now. Um, if we think about what Obamacare is, it is the individual mandate. Well, hey, guess what? That's gone. That's absolutely been repealed. Now the individual mandate penalty is zero, and we are not compelled to buy insurance any longer. In fact, that's why it's back in the courts, and it could ultimately be ruled unconstitutional again. Uh, What else is Obamacare? Well, it's the employer mandate. That's what tells employers they have to buy insurance if they have 50 or more employees and they employ people working 30 or more hours a week. That part, I think, needs to be repealed. That specific mandate needs to go because the vast majority of these employers were already providing health care. And they're going to continue to provide health care because it's a necessary compensation and recruiting tool that gets pre-tax treatment from the federal government. So Mm -hmm. they're heavily incentivized to do it. The problem with the employer mandate is you've created things like in the industry we've talked about before here on this show, you've created what we call 29ers and 49ers because... As long as I don't let you work more than 29 hours a week, I don't have to buy you insurance. Similarly, as long as I have less than 50 employees, I don't have to buy you insurance. I know people who've actually made that decision for their business, yeah. It, it's there's no doubt about it. It happens, uh, and it's, this is not just with Obamacare. This happens with other federal laws. It happens in other countries. I mean, when you have that 50-employee limit, you get an inordinate number of companies that do not have 50 to 60 employees, but they have 40 to 49 employees. Mm-hmm. It's just economic reality. Right. So I think you have to get rid of the employer mandate, and that's not going to cost anybody any insurance. Very few. I mean, you're, you're talking less than one-tenth of one percent of people might lose insurance because the employer mandate's not there anymore. But the employer mandate is an unbelievable amount of bureaucracy, red tape, hours, and cost on employers in tracking who's full-time, in providing these robust benefits that have to dot every I and cross every T. It really takes away the freedom to employ people the way you want to. Mm. So that needs to go. Now, exchanges. So when we talk about Obamacare, like you guys mentioned on the radio, um, I'm going to just use round numbers. We had 40 million uninsured. Okay, Now we've got 30 million uninsured. 10 million people got onto Obamacare. 10 million people went onto the Medicaid expansion. Now, that math doesn't work because our population has grown in the nine years since Obamacare. So we've got 10 million on Obamacare, 10 million on Medicaid, 30 million now uninsured. So like you said, we did this gigantic Herculean thing, which is now going to spawn or is in the middle of spawning 75,000 pages of regulations, just Obamacare. And we've really not done a whole lot. But people start getting up in arms about, don't take my Obamacare away. Mm-hmm. All right. So when you guys say, well, what, what is it people conflate with Obamacare? What is it they like? Two things everybody likes, okay? One, you can keep your kid on your plan until they're 26. Fine. Let's keep that. You know what that costs us all? 
that costs us all roughly one half of one percent in inflated premium. So if we all agree we want to pay half a percent more of premium, we can keep that provision. No big Mm -hmm. deal. Second provision, no pre-existing conditions, like Jack mentioned yesterday. I like that. I like the fact that I can get insurance again if I have cancer. Fine. We can keep that one. That costs 3% of premium. Let's just have a discussion. If people want to increase their premiums nationwide by 3% to keep that provision, you just keep it. It's simple. And I think everybody in both parties is saying we want to keep those two provisions. Right. That's what people are talking about when they say I love Obamacare. The only other thing you've got is the exchanges, right? The Obamacare exchanges. We're covering 10 million more people in Medicaid, 10 million more people in the exchanges. You could do that two ways. One. You could grandfather out the exchanges and say no more. That way nobody loses health insurance, but this exchange thing doesn't go forward. If that's too harsh because now what you're doing is you're, you're taking away something you've given to people, the alternative solution, in my opinion, that would be the best is take all of those people that are in the exchanges and stick them into Medicaid. Why do I say Medicaid? Because Medicaid insurance is insurance. If you're having a heart attack, you will go to an emergency room, you will get treated, and you will get fixed. But it's not great insurance, as we've talked about before. It's hard Mm. to see doctors. There's long waiting lists. In other words, there's a sufficient incentive for those people that are on Medicaid to get off of Medicaid, to work, to find a job, to get insurance. So I would just take them, throw them all into Medicaid, get rid of the exchanges. Boom, everybody's covered. Nobody lost coverage. I assume the politics are such that they'd rather use the issue as a club to beat each other with than solve it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. We just solved it in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Marsha Phillips, what are the headlines? Well, we got even more women now Complaining about Joe Biden's touchy-feely style. The Mueller team not happy with the Attorney General's summary. Allegedly. it's what you're not eating that's killing you. Because I've starved to death in this scenario or what? I hate it when I have to stay tuned, but I do. Stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty, extra large, featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. Hey, how you doing? Welcome. So, uh, Craig, just before we uh, went back on, you hit us with a statistic about the cost of, was it Obamacare? Or? No, no. When uh, when the, the closest thing we have to Obamacare uh, federally is the Medicare Medicaid. That was passed in 1965, and they projected how much that would cost uh, in 1990, 25 years out. Mm-hmm. And when it was all said and done in 1990, we could look at the numbers. They were off by a factor of nine. So it was nine times was more nine expensive. Nine times more expensive than they guessed. Yeah, that's, that's so good. So if, if that happens with Obamacare, if that happens with Obamacare, we will be up around the $32 trillion they talk about with respect to Medicare for All. Wow. Wow. I wonder if it will be. All right. We'll get back to health care in a minute. Marshall Phillips has our headlines, Marsh. Well, we got three more women coming forward to accuse former Vice President Joe Biden of inappropriately touching them. This as Biden released a video in which he admitted that his penchant for hugging, shoulder squeezing, and hair sniffing uh, was uh, something that made some women feel uncomfortable. And he says he realizes... You know, social norms have begun to change, they've shifted, and the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying. I understand it. And I'll be much more mindful. That's my responsibility. My responsibility, and I'll meet it. 
I'm doing a live report from Joe Biden's recording studio. Uh, it's, uh, it's all calm here. There's there's no press outside. Uh, back to you, Joe. You having a good time, Joe? Yeah, well, nice, nice job posing with a lamp coming out of your head right. in front of a window so it's like weirdly backlit. But go on. Well, many Democrats applauded uh, Biden's video. He didn't really directly apologize in it, and that drew criticism from some people. Also, three more women have come forward saying he freaked us out too. Yep. Those stories are fairly troubling. Former White House intern says as she was leaving the basement of the West Wing, Biden approached to shake her hand. He put his hand on the back of her head and pressed his forehead to her forehead while he was talking to her. And said, you're a pretty girl. Yes. Always a good idea. Ask the lieutenant governor of Virginia. Yeah, no kidding. Don't grab a woman's head and make it do anything. There's a tip. Uh, Biden's through. Seriously. Take him off the grill. Open the toaster oven door. He's done. Bye-bye. Biden, uh, another woman said Biden uh, met with her after she appeared at the Oscars with a group of sexual assault survivors. While she was telling him about her friend who committed suicide, Biden, again, pressed his head against her which she said made her feel really uncomfortable. And the third woman was working as a Democratic staffer, and he complimented her smile, then he squeezed her shoulders and held her for, as she put it, a beat too long. Yeah, well, there are going to be hundreds of these stories if we keep listening. He's done it for many, many years, and people just have to decide if it freaks him out or not. Right. I just think he's done for a number of reasons. We have breaking news, breaking news, Michael. Breaking news, donkey time. Oh, the new break, Brandon. The donkey brain. Yes. Give that thing a bath, Sean. He's getting a little right. Um, <laughs> He's very naturally so self-bathes. Immigrations and Custom Enforcement arrested 280 employees at a technology repair company in Collin County, Texas. On charges of working in the U.S. illegally, it's the biggest illegal labor bust in more than a decade. 280. Our immigration laws are a joke. Yep. A joke. Marshall, back to you. All right, another front. President Trump is again mounting a new Twitter attack after the New York Times reported associate mem- associates of members of Special Counsel Mueller's team say Attorney General Bill Barr failed to adequately portray their findings of Russian meddling in the 2016 election. As Jack pointed out earlier, this is practically word for word. As I said, it's like a Mad Lib, where you just took out some of the nouns from, you know, so-and-so is ready to resign. Trump is about to fire Mueller. Brennan says Jared will be indicted from the New York Times citing unnamed sources. Are there some people in the Mueller investigation who said, you know, that Barr thing, did, there was some stuff in there that made, look Trump, made Trump look bad. Or he didn't put that in. I'm sure that's true. Of course that's true. Yep. And we'll all find out in time. Trump, go on. Trump tweeting, quote, the New York Times had no legitimate sources, which would be totally illegal concerning the Mueller report. In fact, they probably had no sources at all. They are a fake newspaper who's already been forced to apologize for their inaccurate and very bad reporting on me. End of quote. Moving along, we've got more proof you are indeed what you eat. There's a new research review that says 20% of deaths. I'm a pizza. 20% 20% of deaths... I'm a Captain Crunch. Twenty <laughs> Captain... What? 20% of deaths around the world could be prevented if people around the world ate healthier, lowering deaths from heart disease and cancer, 
and that the key factor isn't what people are eating, but what they're not eating. The scientists are saying... It's kind of like it's sometimes it's the notes you don't play. I just wish you'd get to the end of the story. <laughs> scientists say adding more whole grains, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, and legumes to your diet would be very, very helpful. I do enjoy a good legume. Yes. And NBA superstar Steph Curry wants to be a star of miniature golf. The Warriors point guard's going to be the executive producer and resident pro on Holy Moly, an extreme miniature golf competition series coming up on ABC. We used to work with a guy who was a pro mini golfer. Really? Yeah, wow. there was a circuit. There was a mini golf circuit, and he played on it. Wow. You just nail all the anthills on the first try. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he knew the secret. Oh, man. Imagine the whole windmill thing. He laughed at windmills. Imagine Steph Curry. He'll be shooting from the parking lot. You know, it's going to be way too easy for him. (laughs) Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, Curry's going to be in all the uh, scheduled episodes. I watched that. Involving 12 contestants putting for glory, a golden putter trophy, a holy moly plaid jacket, and a $25,000 prize. That's funny. Are there open trials for this? I want that jacket. Yeah, I'll do it. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Let's ring the bell. I'm a highly skilled mini golfer myself, although occasionally my wife has actually, while not giving a single damn, beat me, which is humiliating wow. and horrifying. Oh, my, yeah. My, my. yeah. Well, she knows the angles, banks it in, the rest of it. All right, let's take a quick break, then we're going to come back with a good long segment with Craig, the Obamacare, or the healthcare guru, uh, to answer a couple of questions on the text line and, uh, and just finish strong. All right? Finish strong. Stay with us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tell you what. Sorry for the frank language. It's a measure of how crappy our government is that a topic that everyone cares about intensely. And that's our screwed up healthcare system can't be dealt with in D.C. But anyway, uh, we have some questions and answers for Craig, the uh, benefits slash healthcare guru. But first, you've got an amazing story about a, a wonder drug that's being developed. Yeah, you can't be a healthcare guru if all you do is talk about insurance, right? right. So I have to have my finger on the pulse of what's going on out there that's driving the cost of our healthcare. Uh, one of the things we've talked about before is we have really good drugs in our country, and we mm-hmm. spend the most of any country in the world developing those drugs. Well, the Mayo Clinic believes it is within two years of a drug that will expand all of our lives 30 years. Whoa! Yes. Great news and scary news. And they're not saying, you know, we're not going to expand your life from 100 to 130. We're saying that from the age of 60 to 90, you're going to still feel like you're 60 because this drug in human trials is already showing people walk faster, they have less aches, less pains, they're getting diabetes less, they're getting less heart disease, and What's they're getting it? cancer less. What's it do? It operates, um, it started all the way back in 2004, they started working on this particular drug, and it operates to kill what they refer to as zombie cells within our body. So the ideology Zombies is, are hot, so that's well, cool. Well, yeah, you want it, yeah, that's right, you got to have that language out there. Right. Um, it, it works similar to how antibiotics work, where you take this drug, and it doesn't just go target one malady you might have. What it does is it goes within your cellular structure, and it targets and kills 
those zombie cells to keep them from infecting other cells, which in turn is is having mice live 36% longer in mice trials, Mm. and it's having humans feel amazing, and they they literally think they are two years away (sighs) at the Mayo Clinic from this drug being widely available to all of us. Have I ever told you my deepest fear? That I'll be the last guy to die. (laughs) They will cure mortality. Ten minutes after I die. And you're getting close. Isn't that weird? Shut up. <laughs> all right. So listen. So what that's going to do to the budget, imagine we're all going to have oh. to have bigger retirements. Oh. We're all going to work longer. Yeah, work until you're 80. That sounds yeah. great. We're going to blow Social Security out of the water. I mean, this this could change things dramatically. Great. Practical. God. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll have to talk more about that. So I know we have some questions uh, for Craig, the healthcare guru. Sean, do you have those collected? Yeah. So you mentioned before that the your HSA money can be put into mutual funds. It's a health savings account everybody. Yeah. yeah. Had HSA. several people call and say, how do you make sure that that's happening? Yes. Okay. So that's a great question. Your HSA dollars are, uh, uh, they are banked with an institution, typically a bank, but it can be another financial institution that legally houses those dollars for you. Every decent, every reputable institution will have an option where you can put some of it into a savings account, some of it into a checkings account and or into mutual funds. Um, if you are with an HSA vendor that does not have a mutual fund option, you should change because they're out there. They're everywhere. I mean, the most common banks you've ever heard of have HSAs and have mutual fund options. Okay. So enough. make sure that's happening. Great. Uh Let's see. Uh, several people say they have something that they believe is an <sighs> HSA, but they're not sure, but their employers are telling them the money goes away at the end of the year if they don't use it. What's that? Yeah, that's a great question. So HSA stands for Health Savings Account. What those people have is called a FSA, a Flexible Spending Account. HSAs must be coupled with high deductible plans, okay? And those roll over. Those are yours. You keep them. A FSA, Flexible Spending Account, is coupled with a low-deductible traditional copay plan, and they do go away every year if you don't use them. Those are used to pay the copays and all the small amounts of money that you would pay out of pocket when you go to the doctor or get your prescription. You should absolutely be using that, too. And people that say to me, hey, Craig, but I don't know how much I'm going to spend, I always just tell them, Put the minimum in. It's usually 20 bucks a month, which is $240 a year. You will absolutely easily find a way to spend $240 pre-tax dollars on health care services during the year. Especially because if you read up, they're pretty liberal on what you can spend Very it on. Very liberal. All sorts of health stuff that, hell, you're going to pick up at the uh, or the uh, CVS or the Walgreens. You can, you can buy a saline solution for your contacts. You can buy Band-Aids. You can buy Ace bandages. You can pay any copay. You can pay for your dental procedure, your vision procedure. It's right. really liberal. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very easy to spend. Super. Is it possible to have multiple HSAs? No. One HSA per person. But a couple could theoretically have two if they have different employers and different health plans? Uh, A couple does have to have two, actually. Okay. Husband and wife each have to have their own. Okay. As I believe. Uh, uh, No, I think you can have one or two. Actually, don't quote me on that one. It's one or the other. You can either have one and put double in or each. I think you each have to have your own, though. It varies state to state, so it's probably worth checking in. That one's worth checking. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Do we have any more uh, questions that seem salient? Okay. All right, fine and dandy. So, uh, anyway, if you need help with your benefits or uh, insurance or whatever uh, for bigger companies, that's what Craig handles. It's uh, healthcare-revolution.com, healthcare-revolution.com. So, but getting back to that wonder drug that the Mayo Clinic is is developing, yeah. Um, how have how has this not been in the headlines, or or has it been we just didn't notice? I mean, that's an astounding. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's, they've got a timeline here in the article, um, and it's it's pretty astounding how long this has been going on. I mean, it started all the way back in um, the, the 1960s where they first identified, identified these zombie cells, 
And do and they then, have a little better description of what those are? I mean, yeah, I don't want to get hung up on the, the groovy. The, the thing, medical but. term is um, senosetic cells. And the, the, drug, the drugs to attack and treat them are called senolytic drugs. And they're, they're, they're cells within our body that as we age, they, it's sort of like you've heard with cancer, right? They start replicating. They start doing bad things. Well, mm-hmm. we have cells within our body that as we age, they get sick and they transmit, they transmit signals to the healthy cells and can make them sick. And they've actually shown these, these cells are so bad that if you take an older organ from, like, say, an, an older organ donor like yourself and mm-hmm. put it into, hey, say, your son, easy. well, you I'm take very youthful. Then your father. I'm older than my son. Uh, you take, oh, yeah. you take that organ. That. Like, let's say you uh, you transplant something that's totally unrelated, like a like a liver or a, a kidney. Say not a liver, yeah. a kidney yeah. into your son. If that if that kidney had senolytic cells in it, they're then finding those cells move through your son's body and start causing aging in him Great sooner Scott. than would have happened. Yes. As if I haven't given him enough problems. And these cells congregate around your problem spots. So like if you have cancer, these cells are around oh, that wow. cancer. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And they think they've programmed or, or found they think a, a way to target those cells and eliminate them. Yeah. They think they have a drug that will kill off those cells. Do they get into any of your, uh, sorry, Marsh, just real quick, any of your neurological things, your Alzheimer's, your... All of it, man. Parkinson's, they, anything. In, in the article and in the study, they yeah. talk about how they instead of targeting Alzheimer's or targeting diabetes, the idea with this is you're targeting everything. So they're looking at slowing down and or stopping cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes, dementia, even things like Parkinson's. Wow. That'd be tremendous. Any side effects turn you into a werewolf or anything like that? I'm just, I'm asking for a friend. Marshall Phillips, you had a point you wanted to make? I just wanted to ask, is this related to the aging disease that affects some children? Is that? That was did oh, that, oh, that hyper aging? Yeah, yeah, that's syndrome. a great yeah. question. It was not mentioned in this study. Okay. I don't know, but that's yeah. a great question. Yeah, because I, I have heard about that over the years. And it's always been kind of a mystery. But now, when you're talking about this, I'm thinking, I wonder if that is uh, what's prompting it. All right, hey, I got a question for yeah. you. Um, if you are turned down by your insurance company to cover something that you think they ought to. Is there any smart way to appeal that? Any uh, don't bring a knife to a gunfight hints you could give us? Or? And that's believe it or not, that's actually kind of a complicated question. So first of all, most people have a fully insured health plan where they have an insurance provider like the Blue Cross Blue Shield, Health Net, et cetera. If that's the case, you appeal it. Um, first, go to your HR department if it's if it's an employer plan. Mm-hmm. The HR should and your broker should help you appeal that claim with the 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 necessary state entity. If it's an individual plan or you don't have an HR department or a broker that's willing to help with that, go to your state authority that oversees insurance plans and start there. If you have an insured plan, uh, it, it'll either be the Department of Insurance or the Department of Managed Healthcare. They'll coach you on how to do that. If you have a self-insured plan, there's a different protocol that we'll have to save for another time on the Armstrong and Getty yeah. Show. Okay, all right, but go ahead and get the heavyweights on your side immediately is your advice. Don't write a plaintive note, but I'm sick. No, yeah, start with HR and then go to your state authority. Right, very good. All right. Final yeah, yeah. If you need help from Craig, Benefit-Revolution.com. Let's get a final thought from everybody who's still here. Uh, Jack is off getting a medical procedure done, interestingly enough. He's fine. Uh, Sean, your final thought? Yeah, a new trailer dropped for the, the next Joker movie, this one played by Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, so that means another trailer time with Positive Sean. Look for it tomorrow. There you go. go. Super. 
Uh, Marsha Phillips, final thought? Well, I, I'm feeling exceptionally lucky these days, and with part of my winnings from my last round of scratchers, I went out and purchased another handful of scratchers. Oh, boy. We'll let them marinate, and come Monday, we'll see what happens. It's like a perpetual wealth machine you have going <laughs> on there. It's just fabulous. Michelangelo, your final thought? I don't want to live to 100. I want to live to 87.3 years old. That's enough for me. These young millennials scare me, and I don't want them as my boss when I'm old. <laughs> I go. heard that, brother. Craig, would you like to offer an honorary final thought? I would. In honor of all of your listeners, I would like to wish Jack and his family the very best. And know, Jack, that as you've shared uh, what's going on in your family with us, a lot of us have been praying for you and pulling for you and truly wish you and your family resolution and help and good healing. Best to you, Jack. Yeah, if we had any uh, any class around here, we'd end with that, but we don't. So, uh... Healthcare costs sent Americans into $88 billion worth of debt last year. $88 billion worth of debt just to cover medical bills. And D.C. is doing nothing about it. The Democrats talk. The Republicans talk. They blame each other and make no progress, even though a number of the solutions are reasonably achievable. Quit worshiping politicians. They're liars and cheats. Huh? All right. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have links to everything we talked about. The articles, etc. We'll have a link to get in touch with Craig if your company needs help with benefits. Uh, also, you can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com if there's something we ought to be talking about or you have an opinion you'd like to register. Feel free. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> 